He's Ali Alborigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Good day to you, sir. It is wonderful to be with you. How are you today, sir? I am doing good. Can't complain at all. Good, good. I'm, I'm excited for our uh, conversation today, our topic. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to chat about how to beat your competition, and everybody wants to beat their competition, right? Yep, absolutely. You know, they, uh, they want to be the top and number one person, right? That's the way it goes. I, I used to be like that, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's partly it's an ego thing. Um, you know, especially, I mean, martial arts with ego, martial artists with egos. I mean, who would have thought that, that, that would be a combo, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I'm excited to dive right in and, and, and chat about beating your competition. Um, yeah. any, anything you want to say before we actually, well, well the know, one thing I did want to say is we got so many compliments on our last podcast that I got not even on the web. I had phone calls like for the next hour and a half, people were calling me that were listening to the podcast that loved it because uh, they like it when we speak about things that are not normally spoken about in our industry. Like if you notice all the podcasts, all the podcasters that are out there and so-called experts and so on, you know, they have topics that are relevant, but it's all more about, you know, business practices, how to upgrade how to sign up and we do our share of that stuff as well but they they pretend like everything is perfect right yeah. everything is perfect there no stress like i remember speaking at a convention i was one of the keynote speakers and i, I was joking and i'm like you know all oh, these kids they drive you crazy blah 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 and at the end when they filled out comment cards one of the people showed me the comment card and it's like oh he's so negative you know kids are just kids and they're they make mistakes and i'm like yeah i bet you he's been teaching for two years like he has been doing this for a long time he hasn't had it happen to him that much but once he does he's gonna see how why i was venting and joking you know so but yeah i'm excited about today's topic it's a good one yeah so i'm wondering if we shouldn't just first uh define what we mean by uh, beating your competition. Right. And um, first off, obviously, everybody thinks that your competition are other school owners. Now, I don't know. If, I know when I first started, uh, I, I really that's what I thought my competition was. Right. My competition were other school owners. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I needed to be the top martial arts school in our area. Mm -hmm. um, and and in educating myself or being informed by other or you know more successful school owners at the time, I, I I quickly found out. Maybe not quickly. Maybe it took me a little bit, but I eventually—that's a better word. I eventually found out that my competition, really, yes, partly was the other school owners, but really uh, were the other activities that um, kids and even adults, but mainly kids because we're a kids uh, school. Uh, about 97% of our, our clientele are kids that really the other activities are our competition. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess the first question would be, do you agree with that? Do you disagree or how do you land with, with that topic first? Well, I mean, so we've all heard in the industry, you know, everyone, every coach, every consultant, every business that deals with martial arts talks about how the competition is not the school the other karate school, the other business that runs and teaches jujitsu, it's all the other sports, right? It's all the other activities. Um, and, and I'd like to dig into that a little with you and, and talk about that. But I, I think that there's a few things that we misunderstand when we say who's our competition. And sometimes I think our biggest competitor is ourself, where we have a lack of vision and lack of self-motivation. So we may think it's the school down the road that's taking our students, or it's the other sports that are taking our students or, you know, um, you know, whatever. But we have to remember that sometimes it's about us, how, how, we, how motivated we are when we teach, how motivated we are to build and grow our schools and market our schools. So sometimes where, are, where we are 
our own worst nightmare and enemy, right? And we forget that because we want to blame outside factors a lot. And a lot of times we want to, you know, it's like this, Dwayne, it's the food's fault when you gain weight, right? Like it's the, and it's true, like, you know, if you only ate crappy food, it could be a part of the food's fault, but it's not, it's not the food's fault that you're eating crappy food, right? So it's not the school owner's fault they're not getting business or is it? Or is it the school owner's fault because they're not doing all the things they need to do? So I think that that's a big portion of, you know, who our competition is. It's our, ourselves at times. Yeah, it's really the conversation that happens between both ears. Right. And what we what we end up believing uh, in ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of that takes this conversation into a different, a, maybe a down a different uh, hole, if you will, yeah. than what I was actually first thinking about when we had talked about about doing this, but yeah. Uh, and then, and then it's quite fine, but yeah, well, you know, it's you know me, I got I got to always throw a wrench in everything. No, 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 no. Uh, you're Shihan, not wrenchy. <laughs> um, so, so anyways, yeah, I, I do. I think, and I, I, I was there, especially when I bought my partners out. Um, you know, I was kind of freaking out right. when I was, you right. know, uh, footloose and fancy free, but, but didn't know what I was doing. And, um, so I had to keep telling myself that, and I, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but, and when anybody would ask me, Hey, how's business doing? Or how's the studio doing? I always say business is booming. Right. Even when it sucked, I always just said business was booming because yeah. I, that's what I wanted to have happen. Mm-hmm. And that's where I wanted my mindset to be. So yes, um, you're, you're, you are correct. Your competition really is with yourself. Mm. Um, and it is with the, the story that you're telling yourself about your school, yeah. that is your biggest competition. Yeah. So again, the question would be, how do you beat that story? Like, mm-hmm. how do you beat that competition? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I would say first and foremost, you have to start telling yourself a different story. Right. Right. I mean, plain and simple, you got to go, yep, business is booming. And now I got to do things to make it booming. It's kind of like yeah. when I raised my prices, uh, I remember, you know, Dan Kennedy talking about the fact that when he talks to people about prices, he says, you know, you just raise it. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, yes, the price of the program is X. Right. And when they yeah. say the price of the program is X, mm-hmm. then, and you, you say, yes, the price of the program is X. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, so. I think that old saying, you know, change your language, change your life is a big one, right? Like, you know, we look in the mirror and we call ourselves fat. I, you know, we don't like the way we look or whatever. And we kind of remind ourselves every day of how that we, we feel that way. Eventually the reality comes true, right? It becomes, you give up and you don't diet or you don't work out or you just get depressed and, and, you know, it just landslides from there. Uh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly uh, the conversations that happen between you and you are mm-hmm. the actual uh, I mean, obviously for me, the conversations that I have with God are the most important, but second to that are the conversations you have with yourself. Third would be with your spouse, right? Um, right. you know, and then your children and so on and so forth. But those conversations that you are having with yourself are, unfortunately, we oftentimes have negative right. conversations right. with ourselves, yep. right? We say, oh, that was, that was stupid or yeah. I'm stupid or yeah. that was ridiculous or man, yeah. I can't do that. Can't believe- I'm not a good speaker. Yeah, I can't you believe know? I did this again, right? Like the same old, same old. But you know what? So clarification of language is an important thing uh, in this particular topic because like we said before that we first started off, you know, who is your competition? It's not necessarily... Um, you know, uh, you know, another karate school, another school down the road. Um, it's other things and other factors. So once we start understanding that, that, you know, and listen, I, I've always, my ex-wife and I, we're still best of friends, my daughter's mom. And uh, she used to always ask me, she's like, Allie, how come you share all your technologies and your systems and your ideas and your marketing and how you do things with your competitors and they're they're my friends they they might be one town over and um technically it could affect my bottom line i mean technically it could um but at the same time i figured like hey share network um and it created a better environment where we all elevated ourselves to another level 
and uh, you know that helped the martial arts in general. Because think, I have a town, and and when you come and visit one day, we'll go out to eat. And um, it's called Bayshore is the town. It used to be when I had my first martial arts school in eight, 1982, this town was just terrible. There was like prostitutes and drug addicts and gangs, and it was terrible. Now it's called Restaurant Row. And there's probably 50 or 40 restaurants right in like this two mile strip, not even. And everyone is packed. Like, so... If we think about a karate guy, there's like four, and there's a lot of martial arts schools around. Um, but, and of course, you know, they cut into the bottom line. But at the same time, though, if, if a restaurant's 50 restaurants like next door to each other and they all could be packed, then how come we can't? And like, so you said, that's where we lead into, they're doing other things. And that's where those things become our competition, but you had ideas on how we change that, right? I do. But before we dive into that, I, I just want to go back with the concept, you know, that, uh, you know, your first competition is, is the conversation that you're having with yourself, the belief that you have in yourself. The second part to that, I believe, at least it was for me, was the fact that I decided that I wasn't going to pay attention to what other schools were doing. Mm -hmm. Um. Because when I did that, when I would look online or I would see ads or whatever it was, mentally, and I guess I wasn't strong enough at the time, mentally, what it did to me was it brought me down. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't think of that idea. Or, man, I should have done that. And then it became depressing to me. Right. And so I really had to not focus on that so that the conversation in my head was more positive, more focused on on. Um, in, in our school. Right. And so this to me was then I wanted to differ. I wanted to differentiate myself. So I went through, you know, uh, what a typical martial arts school does, what a typical martial arts school offers. Right. And then I came up with different things that we do. I mean, obviously there's similarities, of course, but different things that we do, different things that we offer. And, and, and also our emphasis, our focus would be, which would, you know, differentiate us from someone else. So I think that's the next part of beating your competition. One, first one in between your head. Right. Second is really identifying what differentiates your school from all the other martial arts schools and um, and understand that not everybody wants that uh, differentiation, if that's even a word. Yeah, yeah. There, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. But you really need to define and make it known um, to your clientele, also to your prospects and leads, who you are, what you stand for, what differentiates you. Right. Um, from other, would you agree with that as like I, the I totally layer? agree. Like I do a drill with my clients called the value stacking drill, and quite often I say like, mo by the way, most businesses don't realize what they do, right, and what they give because it's part of what they've done and given for years. They forget about all the things that a person gets. So when we start value stacking. Um, those value stacks are what separates us. Like, for example, in my school, um, I don't charge testing fees. Other schools may. I don't put them down, but I say we don't charge. It's included. Like we give out a sticker reward system at the end of every class. The kids get to turn those stickers in and buy things in our store. That motivates parents to get the kids to go and keeps them going, right? We give out perfect attendance rewards and, and perfect attendance trophies. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And these are our value stacks. And that's not even what we do as far as our credentials and our system. But all these things piled on top of each other in stacked form is going to give them way more. Like most schools... Uh, do not do sticker system rewards. They don't do perfect attendance rewards. They charge for testing. Just those three values right there separate us from many people. Then I do my credential separation where, you know, hey, I've been doing this for 55 years. I blah, blah, blah. I did this and I've been open for 32. Um, you know, and uh, you see Mr. Jones over there. He was my student when he was a teenager. Now he brings his kids here. Like those are the things that now start separating us from the from the rest. Yeah. And then, you know, the delivery of that is 
so important. So coming up with a language that will um, resonate and be understood. Yes. Clear as kind, clear as kind. So you got to make sure that it's understood. So one of the one of the language things, because we do something similar with regards to the fact that, you know, we don't charge extra for testing. Mm-hmm. We don't even charge extra for additional private lessons that are needed. Yep. So if they need a private lesson uh, because they miss class or they need extra help. Right. Um, and then of course, we have our online curriculum with our own app and all those things. We call that that, you know, our uh, our program is all inclusive, mm-hmm. that we don't nickel and dime you to death. Right. And so when you say it, like when you layer those things, you, the, like what you talked about stacking, right? right? Value stacking, you know, and then we say that we're all inclusive and we're, you know, we don't nickel and dime you to death. Right. Um, those are some of the language points that we put in so that people understand those type of things. In fact, and I think I sent this to you, but um, our, in our video presentation, because that's how we do our, our sales is a video presentation. Um, you know, I, I have a PowerPoint as I'm speaking and everything that comes up and it talks about the fact that, you know, let, let's go through what, you know, most martial art, most martial arts schools do. They mm. charge you for this. They charge you for this. They have this. This is an extra hidden fee that you don't usually know about until you after you join and blah, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. And then so I put all the negative things that most martial arts schools do because I don't want to say negative things. I do all the things that I put all the things in there that most martial arts schools do that I used to do too. Right. And then I put a a different spin on it and say, but you get this for free, which is going to save you X. You're going to get this for free, which saves you X, blah, 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 blah. As I go through. So I take the, I kind of take that value stack. Mm -hmm. I put a a value to it. This is how much this costs. This is how much this costs. The extra uniform is this, blah, 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 blah. Testings are usually this. It's four four testings usually a year. This is how much it's going to cost you to test every every year. Right. You know, and then of course I go through and I go free, 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 yeah. free. You know, that type of thing. So it's an all-inclusive. We don't want to nickel and dime you to death. So that would be personally the second layer. So first layer, again, just to recap mm-hmm. the conversation you have in your head. Second layer is you need to differentiate yourself from uh the other schools. Now you right. can still charge for testings. You can still do the things that we talked about that I unfortunately just said that were negative. I, I don't mean it to be negative. It's not a negative thing. It's just about what we do. Um, but you got to find other things that you can convey that demonstrate that you, uh, that you are different. And right. this is why we should uh, be with you, you know, even to the pa- fact that you like, you know, we have a, um, a leadership program, um, that you have to apply for, that you have to get accepted. There's there's uh, leadership material that you learn, and we go through and we talk about the yeah. leadership uh, material, learning how to be a public speaker, learning how to stand up in front of the class and lead it when they get to the storm team. Like so, there's different things that that you know. So we we really and our and it goes down to like what you've talked about before is having um, your brand right, having your um, I can't think of the term. I don't want to say catchphrase. What am I? What am I? Uh, Meme or or your a tagline or your uh, yeah. yeah yeah. I mean, ours is leadership from day one. Leadership right. training from day one. Mm. Nice leadership training from day one. Who does not want their kid to be a leader? So we're right. a leadership school. You know, it's TriStar Martial Arts Academy, but really, it's a leadership academy. That's what we focus on. That's great. Yeah, you know, so, creating better leaders. So that being said, I think that what we covered just there is is really really powerful for those that are truly listening. Is that that value stack is what separates you from the competition. Now, um, the other thing that I think we're we were going to plan on going down this avenue is how to embrace the competition. So like when, yes. it, when we fight, you know, in, in Aikido and some of the jujitsu systems, they say resistance meets resistance, right? So we have a lot of kids that play sports. It's, it's inevitable that someone's going to take a break to continue playing baseball or not come in as much because they're on a team. So what we want to do is try to enhance why or express why the martial arts is perfect for them Yes. And, and the sport. So a lot of times parents, a dad might say, Hey, you know, Hey, baseball, I want him to be a baseball player. So I, you know, I'm going to take him out of karate and do baseball. 
Well, if you have them in martial arts and then they do baseball, they're going to be a better baseball player. So like maybe for a dad, that might be the real thing that's important to him is the sport aspect, right? Because people think they're going to get a scholarship and get a cheaper discount or whatever the case may be. And it's not necessarily true. In fact, a lot of times people said that, um, uh, you know, chasing the scholarship costs way more than it does when you save getting a scholarship, right? So, cause you're paying a fortune all these years, travel teams and this and hotels and that, it becomes very expensive. You would, if you save that money, you would have made more, enough to pay for the college, they say. So, but, but what we need to do is try to express to the parents that if you want Johnny to be great at sports, the martial arts will be his personal trainer, will enhance it, will help him and, and, and do better for him mentally, physically, spiritually, coordination wise, so that he could be the best baseball player, football player, soccer player as possible. Yeah. And that's in our, um, the, the video presentation. Cause we talked about the three areas of emphasis one, obviously self-defense two is physical fitness and how it actually relates to sending their kids back to the, you know, gym class, ball fields, uh, you know, soccer fields, all those type of things as a better athlete. And then obviously the character development. I do like, you want to read this? Cause I like yeah, this comment. I, I do. Um, Darren is from England. Um, and we met many, many years ago at a convention. We did some work together and I think we even did some coaching. I don't even remember. Um, but he wrote value stack and pricing are two different things. I would never focus on what other schools charge or don't charge for as long as you're upfront and go through all cost and value matches. It's when you hide any costing like, uh, like you have to have an upgrade or never focus on how other schools run theirs, focus on how you want you to run your school. Um, your value stack can be your results, not the things you provide, but great, uh, great live today. Okay. So he's saying great live. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I agree with him. And yeah. And I appreciate what he's saying. Cause obviously when I say that, you know, uh, this is what, this is how most martial arts schools run their business. Right. And they're going to charge you this, charge you this, yeah. charge you this. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, we're all inclusive. I get what he's talking about. So yeah. if I were to change it, I would have to think about how I wanted, how I wanted to do it. Yeah. So going so. back to, you know, like, like a, I know dads or moms that have their kids in sports and then they want their kids to perform. So they have personal coaches that help them with training them to be better at their sports. Well, the martial arts does that. Like, I can't tell you if I had a dollar for every time I heard it, I'd be, be, you know, doing pretty well. But parents would tell me like, oh, my kid, he was so good at lacrosse. The coach would always say, where did he learn that? He was running and he fell and he rolled and he caught the ball or football or baseball, the coordination. Like, I, I mean, I am amazed. And maybe it's just because a lot of kids don't do other sports and they come to us and they're very uncoordinated. They can't even do jumping jacks or push-ups or sit-ups. And um, then they get involved in sports and they fail out because they've never been prepared to do the physical side, you know? And um, I think what we do does that. So we're not a competitor or there. The sport is not a competition either. Yes. It may take away from our school for a little bit of time while they're fully engaged in that sport, whatever season, but eventually they're going to come back and they're going to use us as a motivational tool. So I think, yeah. And I think important. that's, yeah, I think that's the next layer is, you know, making sure that you're communicating with your clientele, right. right. That uh, right. it's going to enhance the other uh, sports that they may or may not, you know, get into, but either yeah. way, they're going to have to do some of those things in PE. Cause yeah. I don't know about you. I can remember being in PE. I couldn't even do a pull-up. I don't think like, they do that stuff by us anymore. Hardly any physical right. education, gym class exercise. I actually, we, we were looking at a, a gym, uh, walking through the gym to look at, uh, we were running our, my tournament there a few months ago. So we walked through the gym while this, it's a high school, while the high school gym class was going on, they were playing badminton. We were kind of almost laughing to ourselves, me and my two buddies, because this one kid must've swung and missed like 11 times just to hit the badminton thing. Then there's five other kids. They're actually not even participating in gym class, laying on the floor in the corner 
and the gym teacher comes over and says, can I have your rackets? Because you guys aren't going to do anything, right? They're like, no, another kid's in the corner playing his guitar. Like they don't even, like when I went to school, if you didn't participate, you got a demerit and you were going to get detention and you weren't going to pass, yeah. right? And if you didn't play, you know, do well in gym class, you couldn't pass the grade just as if it were like a main subject. So they're not, they're not like that as much as they were. Um, but I also think, too, a big selling feature that we forget to talk about is the physical aspect of martial arts, not even the coordination and the technique. It's just the exercise because they don't get it, kids, anymore. They're not learning yeah, and no. doing it, being a part of it. And if that if not that alone is worth its weight in gold is just the physical practice of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're so used to uh, doing something for five minutes and getting a drink. Oh, of water. my goodness. Absolutely. dude. It's crazy. And then, by the way, let's talk about we were going to talk about how we crush our competition. Um, but rather than just with a slight shift on this, let's talk about, like, how do we get the sports teams to enhance our team? So, like, for instance, there are a lot of parents and fathers and mothers that are coaches or they're girl scout leaders or boy scout leaders and we have them sitting in our school they're like you know every student knows like five or six people right or more if you teach them how to look right but every every parent that has a team that coaches a team they have a vast reach of people that they could be referring to your school so if you just find out who's doing those groups sports events girl scouts you could probably tap in, do a visit to their, their game or their practice and, and run them through some martial art drills for coordination. You could bring them, have them bring them to your school as a field trip and you run them through some drills and you start a partnership with these players, these coaches and these, you know, these leaders. And now it's no longer competition. They're promoting you. Like I had a mom who got probably four years of her training for free because my referral program is if you get five members, you join, uh, you get a year for free. If you refer five members that join and she would get the girl scouts every single year to bring every troop from every age, the youngest kids all the way up until the oldest kids. And they, we'd have 150, 180 girl scouts throughout the Saturday and, uh, or whatever day we did it. And she'd always inevitably, there five people would sign up, she'd get a free year. That was her thing. Um, but we would tap into a lot of people through her and her connection. So it's something to think about. Yeah, and I think what, what you can do to set that up first is make sure that you identify um, the kids in your school that are doing other sports. And right. when you are helping, here's the important piece, when you are helping them, um, you know, let's say with a technique or, or you're doing kicking drills or whatever it is, right. make sure that you make that connection going, that's awesome. You know, mm -hmm. you're doing great. I know you're struggling with this, but this is going to make you a better football player too. Right. Or this is going to make you a better baseball player. The hand-eye coordination is going to make you a better, you know, so identifying that and speaking it out loud so that the parents can hear it, all the other kids can hear it. Right. Um, I think is vitally important to get to the point that you're talking about. Then making sure that you identify any of the parents that have teams that they're helping out or their kids are on teams and say, hey, I would love to, like you talk, talked about, I would love to, um, and maybe you do it from a couple of different angles, to do a team building exercise with your child's team. Right. So that we can get them to, uh, you know, obviously be more focused, maybe more disciplined, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and like, so lay out some of the things that, and, but before you would say that you would say, you know, look, I know you've been in some of the practices. What, uh, you know, what are, what are some things that you, you see that we do here? Like, you know, discipline, focus, coordination, you know, would be most beneficial. Right. You know, and then right. that way you then that way you can utilize that. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to talk to the the coach, I would be happy to have them come in here. We could do, you know, a 45 minute uh, team building exercise or a 45 minute, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, work, not workout because you don't want to design it as a workout, but a 45 minute session that will get get them to start yeah. to have better focus, have better discipline. Like right. I mean, you'll know what the language is based upon the information that you get back. But the important thing is try to get that information so that you can speak to 
what exactly their needs are. And then obviously you develop that class as martial artists. I mean, gosh, you could take a front kick. You can kick up. You could, you could do an hour seminar just on front kick and, and they could have a blast doing it because you could disguise the repetition. You could, you could make that front kick into teamwork. You could make that front kick into leadership. You could make right. that, like, I mean, there's so many avenues you could just do that one thing with. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Darren wrote as well, uh, you know, humans like stories as, a, as an owner of your brand, you need to share with your audience the success of how your martial art is helping them with other sports. So basically, like we just said, you know, having that out there, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. So if we don't realize that this is an important conversation to have, then we don't do it. We're going to glance over it. So like when I do what my, we call my dojo tour, um, I will take them and explain to them things that are quite obvious in my head, but sure. you have to point out. Like, for example, this is our lobby. You know, we have these cafe tables for you to sit and watch. Those are the two monitors you could view, you could sit, you could relax, you meet friends, you start developing a friendship with other parents, and it becomes your time. Like I, the key words is, you know, sit and relax, meet like-minded people and friends and your get your own time, right? Like sometimes, so I use those words and let me take you down the hallway. And then I have all pictures. These are the pictures of our kids. And, oh, this is Colton. You know, when he first started, I have a cute picture of him holding, he's in his gi, but he's got a sippy cup with him and he's standing in his kitchen. And I go, he has been with me now for two and a half years. He's now in our Mighty Warrior program and kids grow up and in our program, you know? And then I show pictures of my belts when I had my uniform when I was five years old and my bl first black belt certificate. And there's like a story as we take the tour of the school. And we, and I also explain benefits. You know, th these are our tatami mats. I don't leave it there. These are for safety. These are Olympic grade quality tatami mats. Like, so for safety, right? Putting that safety in their head, we care that they're safe. Right. You know, we have cameras. There's there one, two, three, four. Right. Like that kind of thing. So you could watch anywhere on Zoom from your car, walk around the neighborhood, you, your husband at work or whoever. You know, like anyway, I'm, I'm walking them through the tour, but I'm not I'm explaining it so that I could put the things of importance in their mind. Right. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And when you when you're able to. um you know, work with the parent and then understand them, trust you, know you like you, trust you, and right. then they invite you into uh, or introduce you to the um, the coach or coaches mm -hmm. that you can start to help with. Um, you know, then I think what the nice part about that is it's, it's no longer your competition. Those other sports right. are no longer your competition they they start to see you as somebody that they can you know collaborate with exactly um and that's really where you want to get as as a school is with those other sports if you can become a collaborator right. where you guys are able to work together mm -hmm. um so that that's not competition anymore you enhance because i mean most of those sports what do they want they want to win they want their kids to be the best so that right. they can be number, number one so if you can help them become number one mm -hmm. um you know, or at least move from three to two, you know, then, then, you know, you've done your job and, and they're going to see you a little bit differently. And, and of course, then you have, cause, okay. So who has, who has, if you're a kid's school, right. Who has your, who has your list? Right. That's the question. Yeah. Well, schools, schools have your list. Well, you can't go to the right. school and ask for, for the list. Mm -hmm. They're not going to give you the list. Um, and this isn't this, the topic of discussion right now, but that's where, you know, when we do our, uh, we do our martial arts field trips, that's where that comes in. Right. But who else has access to our list? All of these other sports with all of these other kids. Right. But you can't go to them and say, Hey, uh, can you give me access to your list? You need to become a collaborator with them. I can, you know, what are some needs? What are some challenges? What are some things that your kids need? Absolutely. You know? And how can I help you fill that void? Yep, exactly. And when, and when you do that, when you become a collaborator, and I would just, you know, let's just say soccer. Like I would pick one avenue, try to get into one area, make yourself very known in that area. And, and then 
you have testimonials from that area to move to the next one. I mean, I say soccer because, you know, obviously they're kicking a ball. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, you kind of see what I'm saying with that, right? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Darren, uh, Darren's very vocal today. We're going to have to probably bring him on our show one day. Um, I'm not sure. It's probably like mid afternoon over there. Um, but he says, beat your competition. Remember, not everyone is your ideal client and a school down the road or another activity could be a better fit for them. He says, Dwayne focuses on the leadership school. So only those parents that want more than a punch and kick or best for their kids uh, the, for the program. So, yeah, you're right. And, and by the way, you know, so it goes so fast, right? We're already like almost, you know, 40, 50, no, 35 minutes in. Yeah, right? yeah. So another thing I wanted to point out that is very, very important is that, um, oh, by the way, he said it's 5 p.m. over there. So, yeah, he's later in the day. Uh, <laughs> but and thanks for listening, by the way, from all the way from the UK. I, I'm honored. So I appreciate you. Uh, the other thing we forget is when we use the word competition, remember, we have to be clar clarify the word. It's not necessarily who competes with us or activities that compete with us. And initially I had said, you know, maybe it's yourself. Right. But so we also have to know uh, that, you know, boredom is a big competitor. Right. Uh, lack of pr promotion or progression or, you know, uh, you know, growing in the art. The biggest problem, I think, especially in the kids market, is the lack of the parent's involvement. So, like, for example, yeah. when the parents are gung-ho, kids come all the time, they're in your face, that's all they can think about, they love you, you're like the, the messiah, right? The minute they stop coming and they're not there as act actively, then all of a sudden they start to pick, because now they're saying, hey, I'm not going as much. I'm still paying the same amount. I'm not getting the benefits. Why bother? Uh, he's upset. I'm upset. Like I just had a mom who really I thought liked me and I liked her. And she just turned on me because she's been behind on her payments. Um, and I kept asking her about that. And now I am a bad guy. It's all about the money for me. I am not doing my job as an instructor. She's not happy with the quality, but what she doesn't realize is she hasn't been there that much. So how could the quality be there? She forgot why she joined in the first place because we were doing right. so many great things, but the money got in the way and her lack of bringing the child for whatever reason or the lack of motivation is what was destroying the relationship. So communication and staying on top of it. And that's what I love about Spark. We have the missing in action uh, maximizer where you just go in all the kids, the people who haven't been going, you have the new student maximizer, all your new students, you could just text them, email them, call them. You have, uh, you know, all the prospects. So lead in trial class maximizer at the touch of a button, you have all the access to all these different things so that you could communicate, but the communication is the key. That's really, I think where we, that becomes when we start dropping the ball on that, we could almost inevitably look at every single student that is quitting and you could see a decline in their attendance. Very rarely do they come like every day until the minute they quit, unless something abruptly pissed them off and got them mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. Or that they went off to college or moved right. or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. Nothing you can do about that. Right. 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 But communication is the key. And I think that that communication boredom, lack of, lack of knowing where you're going, goal setting or motivation. Those are probably the three biggest factors. Cause look, you and I would all have 2000, 3000 students because no one would have ever quit if we were, right. if right, we kept everybody that's ever joined, we, we, it would be like, you know, filling up a Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to advertise yeah, anymore. Right. Exactly. So like, but we forget that. And we tend to always look at outside in advertising where are we getting our next lead where are we getting our next person where are we going to find them like you said how can we get them in the school but sometimes we forget the key most important things and that's who we have um the grant cardone sales program that i do i just watch one and i'm taking an article and i wrote an article about it and it's he has one that's called ignoring and tapping into your power base like who are the most likely to refer you or, or recommend their friends. It's people that know you, not necessarily only the ones that are training, but people that sure. maybe 
trained with you and quit and liked you, you had a, they had a good experience, they'll refer you. You know, local businesses that have heard of you, you know, like you said, those co coaches of the kid who trains with you, but the dad's the coach of a team. They're very, that's a big, huge power base that we could be pushing in, tapping into. What are your thoughts? No, I totally agree. I, 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 I do. Um, I just think that as much as you can collaborate with, with other, um, other parents, other sports, other people, and they kind of like you, where, you know, you collaborate with these other school owners yeah. that are a town over. Yes. Like you don't, you don't hide anything from them. No. Um, when and if somebody goes to them and they think you're a better fit and they go, yeah, you know, that's not what we do, but I have a, another friend who, you know, does what you're looking for. Right. I think you should go to him. They will do that. Yeah. Yeah. You I, know, I'm, I had a lady that she just refused to sign up for the year. You know, I can't believe you make us sign up for a year. What if they want to quit? I'm like, listen, man, this is what we've been doing for 30 something years. You know, this is what we do. If we're not a good fit for you, my friend's school right down the road, which is an outstanding school, they don't do yearly commitments. They do month to month with a 30 or 60 day out. Oh, you don't want my kid? I said, no, I want your kid. But I want you to understand that I'm not going to change what we do just for you because you have a fear of commitment. I get it. Maybe your kid will commit. You know them better than or won't commit. You know them better than me. But so I suggest you go here. And um, they ended up going there too. And my friend's like, what did you do to me? Like, why did you, why'd you send them to me? Like, they're so annoying. They could, I could, cause that's just her nature. The mother's nature was complaining about anything and everything they could complain about. Wasn't happy. But, um, but I referred them to my other friend. Yeah. I've referred to other schools. Um, even if we're not collaborators, right. um, you know, I mean, I had somebody before that wanted a real, real, hardcore traditional school. Right. And I said, yeah, I mean, we, we aren't as traditional as you're looking for. So I would go, e I would go either to this place or I would go to this place. And you know, this one is probably more traditional than the other one, but check them both out. Yeah. And I, I did that, you know, we lost signal for about five seconds, 10 seconds, but it's back up. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. You're listening. I know that we lost signal and it was it was scrolling on Facebook saying trying to regain signal. So you might have a little oh. glimpse glimpse of stuff that was missing. So in order to get it, go to our podcast because we have it recorded and we'll release it on the podcast so you could listen to the audio. But yeah. So, I mean, what do you else? What do you know? well, let me ask you a question, because um, there, there's a there's a lot of school owners that probably, and I was like this too, when I heard you say this, you cooperate and you collaborate. In fact, you go to breakfast every Wednesday morning with a bunch of school right. owners that are around in your area. Yeah. There's a lot of school owners that don't have relationships at all with their, their, the other school owners in their area. How do you, how do you suggest if they want to do that first, or I may, maybe let me ask this. Why do you think it's important for them to have a relationship with those that would be reciprocated? With? Well, let me let me take you down a few avenues on that, which is kind of funny because I once did a dinner and, and you know, like I quite often I look at martial artists like, you know, and, and literally my 5000 friends, like probably about 4200 of them are martial artists on my Facebook page. Right. You know, and uh, so I get to see a lot of posts. Right. And it seems to me. The majority of people have all the right intentions. Martial arts school owners care about their students. They care about their community. They want to teach the martial arts. Yeah, some of them have egos. Some of them have some dysfunction. But the majority of people are amazing people. So I was, I'm blown away by what martial artists do and, and how important they are in this world. Uh, I once did a fellowship dinner at my school. I paid for all the food. I opened up my dojo. It was free of charge. And I sent out this letter and I said, I just want to have a dinner and have everyone come and hang out. It was a struggle, dude. It was like so hard. Everybody behind the scenes who knew me well enough to ask me, they'd say, Ali, but what's your agenda? Like, what are you going to do? Is this a new organization? Are you going to start a tournament circuit? Uh, but no, all I want you to do is come and hang out. 
I'm saying thank you to all the martial artists that I know. And I figured we could just meet at my school. Like I got so many pessimistic, scared, afraid people that there was some sort of gimmick or idea. That was more of the old school people, right? Like, you know, the, the ones that everybody is their competitor. They don't ever share. Their students aren't allowed to go and visit another school. They don't invite instructors in. I've never been of that mindset. Like I've always invited instructors, guest instructors, friends to teach. Like I just had a friend of mine who, uh, who I coach. And he, I said to him, if you ever want, send your students that, that want to work on sparring down to my school on sparring day. So they get new people to spar with. He's like, well, what happens if they like your school better than mine? I go, I'm not going to let them join anyway, if that were the case. Um, and, but at the same time, um, I don't think it would be that way because you're allowing them, you're giving them the freedom of opportunity to come and hang with me. And they're going to go back to you with appreciation and, and reverence because of that, not the opposite. Right. So right. it's important, but anyway, so back, back to that. And um, you know, I think that it's so important for us to understand that, you know, sharing with others, and sitting with people who are like-minded, you get ideas, you get motivation, you can vent. Like quite often, you and I will talk behind the scenes if we're feeling down or we're a little frustrated or we're not as motivated or something went wrong or you have an idea to run past me and I with you. You know, like that is such an important thing, like like-minded people. That's why last week's podcast was so popular because we talked about topics that it's not here's how you do it step one through 10 on how to get a new upgrade going or a new program. It's like what we think and feel on a day-to-day -day basis as a school owner, right? Knowing like the struggles, the frustrations, the melancholy days where you don't feel like doing anything, like the days where you're like, oh my God, I want to quit. Like, I don't know, did we mention this online or before we started talking, but I had like there was a period of time for like a good three years where I wanted out. Like I, I hated my school. I literally hated it. I'm admitting to this because there's a, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but I, every morning I kind of thought like, how can I get out and just retire? And by the way, I have, I have a bunch of real estate. I could have sold it all for huge amounts of money and I could retire. Right. I could have sold businesses and the equipment and just retire, be done, maybe travel in an RV with my wife and be done for the rest of my life. Um, but the reason why I was feeling that way had nothing to do with the students. It had a lot. Well, the students are attached to parents. And that's where the problem was, where people were always making my life miserable, always complaining about things that I was doing. Didn't like a small pocket of people did sure. enough damage where I almost wanted to get out of the the martial arts entirely. And it was a select group of maybe no more than 15 or 20 people that were on our demo team and they were little clicks. And, and finally I decided you're, and people love your quote, by the way, they, the people I talked to are like, it's your happy place. They kept saying what Dwayne said is so important. And, and it was my happy place, but it was no longer my happy place because these 20 people ruined that for me. Even my instructor, Renchi Ryan, we would be there talking, we're laughing, and all of a sudden someone comes through the door and just ruins our mood. Because we knew stress, complaining, turning other good people against us, like whatever they could do. So I had to get rid of all of that. And once I cleared it up, I haven't had a problem since. Like I love my dojo. It is my truly my happy place. Like I go there, I'm happy, I'm having fun. I, I enjoy all the families and the kids and the parents because we get along. Um, and you know, so that's very, very important. So we have to watch out for that. And, and I hope that answered, did that answer your question initially or did we? Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to me that, you know, you're secure enough, you're secure enough in what you do and who you are for your school and for your students that you don't mind having a relationship with other school owners in your area, yeah. in your town. Yeah. Um, and, but isn't it funny that, in the beginning of, of some of that, that, you know, even like with the dinner, right. that they were skeptical yeah. about it. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. you know, that's what we are as, as school owners, you know, um, it, it, especially I think the era that we started in, it was one way and right. it was the right way. Right. And, the old you know, everybody, yeah. And everybody else is a, 
um, I don't want to say a knockoff, but everybody else is a knockoff right. uh, compared to what you're doing. Right. Um, you know, and gosh, it, the first time I got taken down on the ground, I was like, crap, this karate stuff doesn't work. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and so you have to look at your quote unquote competition mm-hmm. and go, all right, what, what, what are they doing that I'm not doing that, you know, I could, that's why we have th- four different arts that are in our program. Like I don't just strictly do one art because um, I, I do see that there's some collaboration that has to happen in order for my uh, students to be well-rounded because if they just did one art and, and the art of my original art was Tung Sudo, that one art does not have enough to cover a totality of self-defense, mm-hmm. nothing against right. it, nothing against it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, not that I still don't love it, but I'm just saying I loved it. Um, but it's not everything. Right. And so I needed to collaborate with other individuals yeah. so that I myself first could be more well-rounded so that my students could be more, yeah. more well-rounded because they're the importance of them being able to protect themselves from, you know, different, different opportunities of attack. Right meant more to me than, you know, being one style. Yeah. And you see, that's the difference because my style is the ultimate style. It's pretty much the best that's one out. And it's like everything you want to learn, you could learn at my school. So um, I just don't understand why everyone doesn't realize that and, and join my school, including all <laughs> the, ins- like, look, when I was young, my goal in life was to convert everyone to ninjutsu. Like I thought if I could get you enough to train with me and learn what I do, you would, be a part of ninjutsu because you loved it so much. And then I slowly realized that that wasn't going to happen. So I said, how can I then influence the martial arts and be a better uh, kind of like a, a person that could help elevate the martial arts. And I thought through my coaching systems, not style, but really just teaching people the mindset. And by the way, that's what we do. And that's why we have people from every different style or system, because what we teach you know, our concepts and our ideas are irrelevant to what martial art they're doing. Right. It's, and that's why I love that people love what we do. Like, for example, I got a call from my really good friend that I know forever. His name is Hanshi Greg Duncan. His dad was Ronald Duncan, professor Ronald Duncan, um, who uh, is a ninjutsu pioneer from the early sixties to the seventies. And I was fortunate enough to be around him. And, um, and he passed away a few years back. Uh, and, uh, but Greg loved our talk and he's like, wow, you know, it's true. Martial artists don't have a vent via, they can't vent to other, other parents cause they don't know any better. Right. Venting to your spouse will only do so good. But if someone has experienced what you experience, and that's what we talked about, knowing that there are other people out there that you could talk to about frustrations and, you know, meeting, having students train with you for five years and disappear. Just out of the blue, boom, gone. You never hear from them again. It was like you're like I had a little girl in our school. Her name was Gracie, adorable. I loved her, and uh, she stopped. She stopped for a good reason, but she she was get, having seizures, and then she couldn't take the loud noises. Um, but uh, I loved having her there. But it was like up until the day she quit, she was one of my favorites, and then boom, she was gone. And I I stay in touch, say, hey, how's she doing? The parents are nice. They text back. But I'll probably never see her training again. Uh, But unless something changes in the future. But uh, that's where we deal with these things. And we don't realize that other people are dealing with the same exact thing as you're feeling. So that's why I network. We, We have like four levels of conversation. Number one, we talk about TV and movies and what people did the week. Two, we talk about people who drove us crazy, silly stories, funny thing. You can't believe it. The other day, a kid did a cartwheel and poop flew out of his pants and stuck to the ceiling. Like these are real stories, right? Like, and um, and then you know we'll talk about you know business stuff that's doing well. Like my good friend, we were just talking about his school. He has four hundred students, um, and he has five schools. And he's cranking. He's doing incredibly well. So like, what are you doing? You know, sh- tell us. Tell And all of us sit around like almost with notepads listening because that knowledge, it's working in our area. It's right. not like in Florida or some other state. It's right a town over. So we know what's going on. So those things are super important. Yep. No. Well, and, and I appreciate you speaking on this because um, 
you know, collaborating with other school owners is is a big deal. And 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 not everybody in your area or around your area would be interested. Right. You know, but I don't think it's a bad thing no. if you are uh, looking to do it. So no, look, you and I, we do a podcast almost every single week. But when during COVID, we were on the phone two or three times a week, like, you know, figuring it all out. Like, you know, I'm going to do this or what could you do? And you're like, it was just without you and other friends that I had, who knows what I would have done. Right. You know, like, so, and then I became a voice to try, cause I would talk to people all over the world and I then had a lot of information that I could share. So I started a website, a Facebook page called uh, the New York state martial arts school owner task force. And it was uh, an official name because it sounded cool, but we had only New York state people in there and, but other States kept trying to get in. I just want to see what you guys are doing. What? So, but I wouldn't let anyone in because I was just talking about the laws in New York State, our restrictions in New York State, the rules we had to follow. And we would get a lot of great feedback from all the different schools. So I, quite often I pose a question and go, did anyone see that new post from the CDC that we're not allowed to do X, Y, and Z? And people would take the articles and clip them. And it was a really great place to confer and talk and go over things. So um, that's why I love to network. I, I have so many friends that we talk and, and we hang out and we chat online and, and it, you know, those are important things that you need to do as a school owner. Yeah. Well, and you make friends pretty easily. You're, you're, you, 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 uh, you like to interact with, with people. Like you like yeah. to have a lot of friendships, which yeah, is good. I do. I wish I was more like that. I really do. Yeah. Well, you and I hit it off the minute we met, you know, 15 some odd years ago, right? Like we, we met, I think you interviewed me at in Vegas for Maya or, or somewhere we were, and you interviewed me for a podcast you were doing or something. Yeah, it was, um, well, yeah, it was, what was it? Access to school owners or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was something yeah. cool that you did. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then we ended up talking, eventually doing more together and developing this friendship. And yeah, so, I mean, initially, like it was just that connection that we had. Sure. And I, I think that that's what people miss. Like I tell my students, go to a tournament. Half of my friends, not, not half, like 80% of my good friends right now that I, that I, that are local, that I consider real true friends are people I met at a tournament that I was competing against them or their students, or we got to talk and, you know, whatever. And we've been friends for life. Like John Oschlager. I mean, I know him for 40 plus years and uh, we, we used to go out to breakfast every Thursday, him and I for like 20 years, never missed. That friendship started on the mat, just getting to meet each other at a tournament, a chance meeting. So, yep. I mean, that's what people miss out on when they stay in their own little bubble. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's connections. So, well, uh, hopefully uh, everybody enjoyed this podcast, um, you know, how to beat your beat your competition. And uh, just to, to, to recap, really, the competition, number one, was, was really the conversation that you have in your head. Mm -hmm. uh, two, um, you know, differentiating yourself from right. other individuals. And then the other thing that we talked about is making sure that you identify the students that are in other sports and how them on the map. Right. Make sure you identify to them how, the, you know, what they're doing on the martial arts mat will translate to make them a better sports player in that sport and make sure that the parents understand that. And then lastly, uh, or I shouldn't say second to last is getting in uh, communication with some of those other sports teams and how you can actually be a benefit to them by doing some of those small little seminars and things that will enhance uh, their team. Uh, whether it's teamwork, whether it's agility training, whatever it is, just trying to fill that void on yeah. what they're looking to do. And that you're just trying to, you know, collaborate with them to help them right. not, not be competition and pull people, you know, uh, away. And then lastly, how can you collaborate with, you know, what, what we as school owners think is our, at least our first competition as other school owners in your area. Right. So right. hopefully you guys found this to be a, uh, a benefit to you. Any, any final things you want to say? No, I, I just say I enjoy what we do. I hope that, and I know, I don't, I don't even have to hope. I know that people really like what we share. Um, you know, there are thousands of people that listen in different varieties, whether they listen live or they listen 
um, on a recording on Facebook or they go to our iTunes account or to our webpage from, you know, our podcast. So uh, I'm appreciative that you and I are still doing this 351 episodes, right? Um, and uh, I know you're busy, I'm busy, but we still try to find at least a few days uh, out of the month that we get to do this. And we will not next week be back, but the following week, I believe, let me just double check, is going to be the 21st is where we have our guest and that's Greg, uh, Professor Greg Duncan. And that's going to be a great call. That's going to be more about just the emotional side of being a teacher. You know, like how you, you know, what we go through, what we feel, you know, the traditions and how they're being lost and the, you know, reverence for your sensei, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to be a good one. Yep, I agree. Well, thanks, Ali. I appreciate it, sir. Talk to you soon, but I'll see you real soon. Take care, everybody. All right, bye-bye, bye. sir. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Learner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add health coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy to implement revenue stream for your school. Visit AdHealthCoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit leadhuntermedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership. Hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you next time.